Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by the Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Welcome back to a View from the Bullens here. This is the weekly catch-up, joined by Paul Draper, Charlotte Patterson and our media guy, Paul. Paul, it's good to see you, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, it's Thanks. great to have you here, mate. It really, really is. Yeah, it's good to be here. See where the magic happens in the room. Absolutely. I'm not sure about magic, but absolutely. <laughs> Pato, I'm going to come to you first. You went to Fulham on Tuesday. What time did you depart for Fulham first? And what time did you get in? It was a long day, wasn't it? Um, so we got met at the pub at like 12.30. So I think we left about one-ish. And then we got, I got back to home at four o'clock in the morning. 4 a.m.? Mm-hmm. All for work the next day? Yes. Oh, that's a long show about you, Paul. Because I know you were there, Draper. You were at the Craven Cottage. What time did you depart? Our coach left at one o'clock. I walked through me front door at half three in the morning. That's a long day. I got in at about one thirty, so I think I had a bit of an easier night than than you. Pair, were you drinking, Paul? Not that much. We'll go to Pato. Pato, were you drinking? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to do something on the coach, don't you? Were you pair? Were you pair happy with the point before we move on and before we kind of put a full stop on that Fulham performance, Pato? You weren't on the you weren't on the post match chat after. Were you were you happy with the point before the game when you seen the line up? I would say if you had told me the point before the game, I would have been definitely happy. Yeah. But then I feel like obviously just the, a few things that went right and wrong for us. I feel like I was left a little bit disappointed, but you just have to look at it properly and probably mm. you got to be happy with the point, don't you, with that team sheet? Did and you think it was a penalty, by the way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, considering the, that Onana one, if you're going to compare them all, mm. then that, yeah, that's not a, that's definitely an unnatural position. Mm. So, but we're never we're never going to get a penalty again, mm. are we? So, no. Well, I'm sure Dodge <laughs> alluded to that. And, and Paul, you were a Draper. That is, you were when when that handball happened when it hit the crossbar, hit Anthony Robinson. You said straight away, I think that's a penalty. I know it's it's still frustrating for you, isn't it? That the inconsistency is still there. Yeah, it's just the inconsistency. I remember at halftime we got the still image mm-hmm. and. The explanation that I think Joe Thomas got from VAR saying his arm was by his side, and 
that's what then makes it for me a penalty or like the taking the piss out of us if you say to me his arms by his side there I feel like you're watching a, a completely completely different game in terms of the points I was probably looking back on it I'm a bit happy with the point that when I left the ground I was really really disappointed we didn't leave with all three points just based on the timing of that then last chances at the end I feel like if you get an open goal from three yards out in the 93rd minute you need to come away with three points mm. for me and that was really disappointing but overall solid performance in terms of the work ethic the commitment defensively and just big kind of kudos to the players they gave everything with the mm. circumstances and the got away from Cave and Cottage with a clean sheet which is always goes on a point and we just build on that I think it's just a bit unfortunate that Luton got that big result mm. which kind of Left people a bit disappointed. Well, it made Everton top place into the into the relegation zone into eighteenth. Yeah. Media manager Paul is is with us today, all the way from from Belfast. Paul, you watching the game at home, and again, this is just be the final word on the Fulham result. What's your major frustration with VAR, the referees? Is, is it the inconsistencies? Is it just you don't know the rules for a handball because you see one week, like Pato just said, the Onana one was given a handball, and then you fast forward a few weeks, and then Anthony Robinson isn't given a handball. Yeah, I think it's inconsistency. It's just. You could be watching one game and something happens and you kind of think that's a penalty and then you watch another game and they'll give it, they won't give it one game. So it's just hard. You're sort of just, you don't know what to expect with it. You should, it should be clear what the rules are. You, when it happens, you should be able to say, yeah, they're going to give that. Mm. But you can't. It's just, you're guessing and I think the referees and VAR are guessing as well. Mm. Obviously, Everton, we've been on the wrong side of a few VAR decisions this season and as soon as I seen it, I, was, I thought it was a certain penalty and then VAR, obviously. There's a lot of talk and I'll ask all three of you, all three of you this. There's a lot of talk on social media about Sean Dodge not challenging it enough in the media. Pato, I'll come to you first. Do you think Sean Dodge could do more in the media to, to almost put it on the Premier League's toes, to put it on the Pedro Mel's toes, put it on the referee's toes, or do you think he's doing the right thing and kind of remaining a little bit calm, a little bit more professional? Some Evertonians would like him to really, really call it out. Where do you sit with that? I mean, like, I'm on the fence with that one, only because I think if he starts calling out and pushing it, if we're already thinking things are going mm. against us, is things going to get worse for us because he's trying to challenge the refs all the time? Um, but then at the same time, I think when you do, like, for example, when Angelotti got that red card for actually backing us for one time, I feel like no, n not many ma managers at Fervin ever just come out fighting. So maybe a little bit more fight. But then I would say... I just would be a little bit expect uh, skeptical about all because just in case you never like the Premier League's already masters against us mm. in, in certain ways. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It could then go down that route, and then people would use that as an excuse. So it's just one of them. I'm on mm. the fence with it. Mm. Well, Draper, you're Sean Dodge's, well, arguably one of his biggest fans, right? You absolutely love the bloke. Do you think that Sean Dodge could do more in the media to challenge some of these decisions or challenge people? He probably could, but it's not a, It's not his character, really. He'll just go about it and he'll leave little kind of digs at it, like the other day when he said we we can't get a penalty, but he won't look too much into it because he won't he won't want to be told, oh, that's an excuse. He'll just want to kind of block it all away from the dressing room and just get on and get on with the work. Mm. Whereas if, if he started maybe ranting and going at it like other... Managers do like maybe outside of people then say, oh, you're just using that as an excuse for your team not performing. And we know Sean Dice doesn't, doesn't really care about anything outside of the training, outside the training pitch and the and the uh, the actual pitch. So I think he probably could do, but it wouldn't be within 
within his character. I don't think he was like that at Burnley. And he definitely hasn't been like that at here since since he took over over a year ago now. Mm. I'm going to move on from that conversation now. And, and Irish Paul, we're going to call you, because obviously from Belfast. Everton's appeal hearing has now begun. It's into the second day as we're currently recording this, following the 10-point deduction for breaching profitability and sustainability rules. What do you deem, or what would you deem, as a success on the back of this appeal? Yeah, we had this discussion off air, obviously, and I think if we get half the points back, I think I'd be happy with that. If we get five the full points, ten, or just some points? Just half, half to five points back would put us in a good standing in the league. We'd be above Forest and stuff. We'd move above in the league, and I would kind of, we'd be looking up rather mm-hmm. than looking down. So five back for me would be a win. Mm, you take five. Pato, what do you deem as a success? Well, I don't know, because it's you, you could say take five back and then we get hit with another points deduction and it goes back to ten. So mm. we're back in the same Would you situation. take that right now? No. So, so you're getting, you, you wouldn't take that? No, I mean, no, because I think we, I think if we took five back, I don't think we're... I think we still would be struggling and stuff. But at the same time, there's been talk about getting, like, a two-year ban on, like, um, transfers, yeah. which I think that will be worse case... Yeah, like, worse that would hurt us more. Because we're going to be... Set, if we're going to be selling big-name players in the summer to recoup money, then we can't replace them. So, yeah, I would take five points back out with rather than a transfer... But I feel like it depends on the situation. If we get five points back and then that's it and we don't get another deduction, then I'd be happy. But it just depends on then the second second F the breach. We're going to get mm. more points deduction because 10 points again, then we're kind of going to be boxed basically, aren't we? So. I see you shaking your head, Paul. What are you thinking there, mate? Uh, any points that take us above Forest for me is a success. I think as long as we get above Forest, I think they're going to get a bigger deduction than what we'll get in the second breach. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's already two teams that are really, really struggling to keep up with the Premier League and Sheffield United and Burnley. So I don't know how many points we are behind for us. Two points. Two. Three points back would be a success for me. You'd take three success. I'd take three. Would, would you three take no points back now off the first hearing and then the second breach, you'll get nothing as well. No points, maybe just a slap on the wrist. So you'll even out over the two breaches, it'll be a full... 10 points in total would any of you take that probably would to be honest would you I'd rather get that than get no points back and then another 10 deducted I think it would just 10 points overall for two breaches might not be mm. so if you were offered that now you'd take it probably yeah Pato you wouldn't would you no I can because, see you shaking your head no only because I'm just thinking that you get in points deduction for the same thing mm. again so it's the one of them jeopardy, yeah. it's just like it's obviously yes you would if it's 5 and 5 of course but at the same time, if we get points deducted again, I just feel like it's an outrage. But you just—I don't think there's a simple answer to any of this because no. it's, I think any if it was transferred point deductions, whatever, it's there's going to be a complication for Everton because we're down at the bottom. We can't afford not to have players in the future. So I just feel like it's a lose-lose situation. But any points is better than nothing, I guess. Mm. So this is all hypothetical. So would you guys then take your points back? So you get the ten points back but you get a 12-month transfer embargo, so transfer ban. Draper's nodding his head. Draper, you'd accept that, wouldn't you? I'd take that tomorrow. So for next season, you can't buy anyone ahead of next that's season. That's fine. That's fine for me. You'd take that. Just everyone that's here at the club right now gets the next three years. O'Nara and Bradford are told you are not for sale. Jack Harrison, that clause get, gets executed. You negotiate for Dan Juma and you've got the exact same squads. And you think we'll have enough to stay up next season. With Chimiti and Dobbin a year into kind of their Premier League apprenticeship, mm-hmm. if you... That, that's already a team that should be mid-table. So it's just a mid-table squad keeping the same squad. For me, this squad stays up again next year. 
So if you told me we get the full 10 points back. But you'll get a transfer ban for, for the calendar year. Yeah. I would bite your hand off for that. I was actually going to disagree until I heard your reasoning behind that, to be honest. But it makes sense having Harrison back, keeping Harrison, keeping Dan Jimmy. You wouldn't really, the squad wouldn't really change. So I'd be happy enough for that, yeah. And you tell O'Nana and Branthwaite and Co, you, you, you stay put for another year. Pato? I mean, if you could say you're not allowed to go O'Nana and Branthwaite, then yeah, but O'Nana's not going to stay, is he? So mm. it's one of them. It's like you can, hypothetically, you can tell someone not to, but if they just don't perform and things like that, and if you're going to get good money for them, Everton being the position they are, they're not going to say no to that, are they? Mm. So that's the thing. If you, the way Paul said it, is if like no one's leaving, yeah. every, what we've got is staying, then yeah. Keeps the status quo. I would say yeah, but that's, it just wouldn't happen, would it? So. And, and you three all think that Everton, if they did get a transfer ban with the current squad, you three all think that Everton have got enough to stay up again next year? Yeah, I think so. If you look at the position we'd be in right now, we'd, we're not actually that... Mm. We're like mid-ish, take, yeah, like mid-table. 12th or something like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 12th. So it's like, you can't really complain at that. Yeah, we have some good games, some bad games, but we're not a relegation team. Mm. But it's just if everybody kept together, then it's different, isn't it? And you pair would be happy with that, yeah? Yep. Yeah? Yeah, if we stay consistent like we were just before Christmas and the teams coming up from the championship weren't strong, I'd be confident, yeah, staying up again. Do you think Sean Deutsch would be happy with that, guys? With that scenario? Yes. I think so, yeah, because he'd um, to be a lot more... Do you think... Well, what I'm saying is, do you think he would get to the summer and think, I've now got to work under these perimeters again, a transfer embargo for another year? It, it's not for me. No, yeah, he, he'd be happy. He's, he's used to that, really. He's used to mm. working on tight budgets and kind of... Um, not many... Ex- not high expectations in terms of transfers, mm. incomings, outgoings with Burnley... Ever since he's been here, he hasn't really had a penny to spend. No. So I, th- I think it's not that he'd be happy, it's just that he'd get on with it. Just I feel like anything that you throw at Dice, he'll just, or at least it'll, it'll make you feel like he's just getting on with it and he doesn't really look into them kind of scenarios too much. Moving on from the from the, the hearing, Everton have now got the returning Idrissa Ghana Gay from the African Nations Cup. Ivory Coast beats Senegal to knock Senegal out of the competition, which means Idrissa Ghanaga returns back to, to Goodison Park. This has been another conversation on social media primarily. Should Idrissa Ghanaga have gone to the African nations at the age of 34? It's quite a contentious subject. People would always say it's a privilege to represent your country. Absolutely, he's within his right to go and represent his country. And there is some quarters of the fan base saying, no, no, at 34... He's had his time. His time should have been now given back to Everton in terms of that's where his priorities should have been. We pay his wages. We're in desperate need of points. And given his age at 34, bearing in mind, he didn't play many minutes for Senegal. He should have stayed at Everton like Abdelai Decore did. Pato, I'm going to put you on the spot. I mean, no, I think it's in his right, isn't it? It's his country. And people are like... People are very passionate to pay for their country. Try telling Seamus not to go and play for Ireland if he gets... Like, added again, it's just not in their nature. Yeah, it's different. Saying 34, but that's probably his last, could be his last African, do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't, personally, I mean, like, it would have been nicer if he stepped aside, but I'm not going to judge him for wanting to be playing for his club and being passionate, no matter how old you are. You probably didn't expect to just be sitting on the bench, but obviously he went a little bit, just come back from injury, yeah. hadn't he? So it's a little bit different. So mm, Fair point. Um, and at the end of the day, no, he didn't know that the Corey was going to get injured in those games, and that's why we were short as well. So, mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge someone for doing it because it is up to them, isn't it? Mm. What do you think, Draper? I don't think you can really stop players from going to big tournaments with their 
with their countries just unfortunate due to the weather over over in Africa they can't play in the summer and it's got to be halfway through the season. But it's like any any player that goes to the Euros will do that's in off season time for us. It's still players going to represent the country in a big in a big international tournament and players from them places, the likes of uh, Africa, they're also the South Americans, they're really passionate about playing for the country. It's not maybe like like an English player, let's say like like an Alexander Arnold or or a Conor Gallagher or something like that that may not be as passionate yeah. playing for England or or maybe don't know someone that plays for Spain or Italy. It's they're really passionate about the country and I think it's just it's more our fault that we knew this was happening. We knew in the summer he would be going to the Afcon and mm-hmm. to be fair, most of us expected the Corey to go to. Yeah. And we didn't plan ahead and we didn't bring someone that could that needed to cover for him in that period of time and it ended up biting us on the backside having to play James Garner and Dwight McNeil as as mm, a centre midfield as a way yeah. of Fulham. Mm. What about you, media manager Paul? What are your thoughts on the Idrissa Ghana game? Well, like I say, there's some quarters of the fan base that, that really believe he, he shouldn't have gone. At 34, they believe that, if you go on social media and you type his name and you can see it, they believe that his time had been and gone with his national team and he should have prioritised his club career. Yes, yeah, so just, down, just down to the player's side. Like, he is, like you said, he's 34. He might have thought this was my last chance to play in the mm. African Cup of Nations with the country. So maybe that was his reasoning for going. In hindsight's a good thing now, obviously looking back didn't play much so we maybe would have chose to stay at Everton and help us out in the league especially with the Curry getting injured but like I said it's down to the players if he wants to go and represent his country it's his own right to do that mm, Absolutely absolutely. If you like what you're hearing here at A View from the Bullins give our Patreon channel a go as always go get us on www.thebullinsview.co.uk loads of articles from all the guys loads of interviews pre and post match interviews and pre and post match reviews so much going on over on our Patreon channel and you can join us for a little £2 a month and we do so much work for charities and communities Honestly, please give us a go. We'd love to hear your feedback. Good or bad, we're always striving for a better channel. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Moving on then, Pato. Everton face Tottenham on Saturday. It's the early kickoff, in fact. And we have a former player returning to Goodison Park for the very first time in Richarlison, a fan favourite. Richarlison, do you still hold him close to your heart? Are you still fond of him? I mean, I still do, but he's going to score against us on Saturday, <laughs> isn't he? So it's, it's just always going to happen. So, I mean, I like him until he does that. So, but he's just one, like, he's, it's one of those, isn't it? Everybody, he, everybody 
is thankful for him and stuff, but mm. he's now playing really well for Tottenham and he's striving now. He's probably enjoying his football, so he's probably forgot about Everton, mm. so we kind of need to move on from mm. him as well. Yeah, and he's playing quite well at the moment. Paul, you were a, you were a big fan of, of Richarlison. You love him, don't you? Yeah, I know you loved him. Are you First of all, from a professional perspective sort of thing, are you, are you glad to see that he's sort of now settling in at Tottenham and he's finding his feet a little bit? I'm happy to see he's doing well. I think ever mm. since he left Everton, it's just want him to do well, apart from when he plays twice a season when he yeah. plays against Everton. I think it was really good to see him scoring goals in the World Cup, getting the goal of the tournament, being involved, because we all knew the quality he has. He was always going going to go on to be a, a really good player. I think Tottenham are now seeing that. I think he had a bit of fitness issues and he got surgery. And I think ever since he had that surgery, he's just completely elevated his game to a new level. And, and a Tottenham shirt, obviously, hopefully... Hopefully he doesn't perform well on the weekend. But we saw it in the first game at White Hart Lane where you know it'll never change. We all we know how he's how he's like, how he plays. Mm-hmm. And he'll always have like that kind of passion where his heart's on his sleeve. But hopefully we can keep him quiet. But I mm-hmm. expect him to get a, a good reception from Goodison because he is one of the main reasons why the last season he was here, Everton stay the stay in the Premier League. Yeah, and I think a, he was a key player, wasn't most he? fans will always be grateful to him for that mm, absolutely well one one decision Sean Dodge has to make is whether he sticks with Ben Godfrey at right back Paul or, or brings back in Nathan Patterson he obviously dropped Nathan Patterson for the trip to, to Fulham and brought in Ben Godfrey out from the cold really was that a surprise to you firstly yeah 100% Ben Godfrey hasn't played in a while and I didn't see no reason to drop Patterson to be honest he hasn't been playing great but it wasn't an obvious change to make it wasn't obvious to bring in Ben Godfrey for him but on his performance against Fulham I was quite impressed Looked a bit shaky in the first half, but as we've seen from his, he cleared a ball off the line and he made a last-ditch tackle, preventing two almost certain goals. So I was impressed, so I would be sticking with Ben Godfrey for Saturday. Mm. Pato, would you be sticking with Ben Godfrey? Or were you surprised I again? mean, I was surprised, but yeah. Godfrey always plays well when he's out of position, I always find, because mm. it's like as if he's pushing, not working harder, but it's, he has to think more, doesn't he, when he's not in his right position. But, like, I don't... I don't like that Patterson keeps on getting drops because you're asking a player to perform better, but if you're not giving him like a game in and game out, that's not going to help him, is it? So it annoyed me a bit that he got dropped, but as he said, that Godfrey played a blinder, so do you now drop him and put Patterson back in? I don't know. Depends on, like, it's, I guess for speed, maybe Godfrey's quicker, so maybe mm. for against Tottenham you keep him in, but it just depends on the tactics, if they're going to change, to keep the same as Fulham or not. Obviously, we played well, we stopped setting goals and stuff, so it would be consistency could be a good thing. Where, where do you sit with Nathan Patterson, Paul, in terms of his career at Everton at the moment? He, he's still only 22, and I think we have to remember that. He's still quite a young professional in the Premier League. And at 22, there's, you know, the, technically he still classed as like a hot prospect, as, as some sort of, you know, one for the future. Where do you see his career going at Everton? Because it's kind of in and out at the moment, isn't it? I don't think Dice really, really fancies him at the moment. So. Why do you think that is? Is that defensively? I personally think he's not good enough. I think what, that, defensively? Or offensively. I don't think he's... Mm. I, I don't see anything where he excels or where he's extremely better at than a 34-year-old Seamus Coleman and a 30... You don't think there's a player there to be worked with, though? There's a potential player to be worked with there, but you say 22. Mm-hmm. At the age of 22, really, you should already be... You should already be, like, making making yourself part of the team, I think. You see over the park that, that young lad, Connor Bradley, he's only 20. And he looks twice the player Patson does already at his young age, I think. But is that Everton's fault? Is that our fault for not developing it, players? It could be it could be part of our fault. Do we have to shoulder some of the blame as a football It could be our fault, but he couldn't really get into 
the Rangers team ahead of a average James Tavernier. I know he's club captain, but he's not the best fullback in in the Scottish in the Scot in Scottish football. I think he, th there's something there to work with, but I think he needs minutes to get that, and I'm not sure he is at the level to get them out of Everton right now. So I'm not sure if he'll look to move out on loan in the summer or maybe even go abroad and try another league because he's got energy about him, but I don't think he's, I don't think he, pose, he poses that much of an attacking threat to kind of look past his, his defensive weaknesses in terms of positioning and concentration at the moment. Mm, I can see you smiling. Paul, what do you think about Nathan Patterson? Haven't been too impressed with him. He just again, like Charlotte mentioned, like he doesn't really get a run of games. He hasn't had too many games in a row to sort of prove himself. But anytime he's played, I just feel like the back line's a lot weaker when he's playing there. We're a lot mm -hmm. more nervous, and it just doesn't seem as comfortable with the likes of Seamus playing right back, or even Ashley Young, whoever else may be in there. But hasn't been too impressive for me. Like I said, Ben Godfrey would be starting over him this weekend after his performance on Tuesday night. Do you pair not? What do, do you guys not think? With Nathan Patterson, he just needs a run of games and, and to be worked with. We all saw the improvement with Vitaly Mikolenko, who, if we're honest, I think at the start of last season, we were all very, very worried about him. And then he's come on leaps and bounds. He's arguably one of Everton's best players over the last 12 months. Do you not feel with the right work and the right work on the training ground, play the right system, Nathan Patterson could go in the same upward trajectory as, as Vitaly Mikolenko? Yeah, it's easy to say that though, but when we're in the position we're in now when we need to win games, I don't think it's the time to be letting someone sort of bloom and try and get better. That's sort of, if you're comfortable mid-table, mid you're allowed to do that, but if we're trying to win games, for me, he's not the player I want to be playing right back. Mm -hmm. And I always thought in terms of Mikhailenko, you could always tell, you could always see defensively there's something there, he's solid, he's hard to go by, he's good 1v1 defender, I think he just needs working on his... On his kind of on his attacking game, or maybe mm. his well, he's awareness. He's up a little bit, He looks yeah. a bit bigger now. You're, you're, you could always tell Mikelenko. Mm. You just need to work on him. He's, there's there's a bait, there's a good base there. There's, there's a good defender there with Patterson. I don't see nothing that he excels at right now. Where you can say, okay, we can build on that, giving games, giving confidence, and improve. Because at the moment, right now, when fit, Seamus Coleman starts forever and every every day of the week, and I think that's the. The biggest downfall in terms of Patterson when you when a thirty four year old coming off two serious injuries is first name in the team first name for right back. Mm. Well, moving on from Nathan Patterson, this month has now begun. We're into February. Everton play Tottenham on the weekend. Then we have Manchester City, Crystal Palace, and Brighton. We have four games in February, guys. How many points? Do you think Everton should realistically be targeting from those 12 points available? I'll go through the games again. Tottenham at home, Man City away, Crystal Palace at home and Brighton away. 12 points up for grabs. Pat, I can see you smiling. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to put you on the spot. 12 points up for grabs from those four games. How many realistically do you think Everton should be targeting and why? Six. Because I think you've got... I think with Crystal Palace, we know we can beat them. Mm. And Brighton, they, we know we can beat them as well. And they're well, obviously they're a, Luton. They're in a bad run of form, yeah, but three Luton wins in 16, I think it is. Mm. Um, Man City, I just write that game off every time. Um, you just Obviously, you never know. but yeah. um, And then with Tottenham, I think they're coming into a good form as well. So if you've got a draw from Tottenham, that would be like an amazing You'd thing. Take but that. I'd yeah. take that 100%. I'd, just, I'd take six points by the end of the month. Mm, so six from 12 available. The two Pauls, Draper. 11, 
Six points from there and five points back from Super Soul. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll be the tie by the end of the month. You haven't yes. done anything yes. well, we're talking about the four fixtures. So you take six. Six or seven, yeah. So six from the four fixtures. Paul? Six. I think you six. have to be targeting Palace and, Br- and Brighton as wins at this stage with, what, 16 games left. Would you guys not be targeting seven if you're thinking six? If you think, six or seven, could yeah. you not pick a point against Spurs? Potentially. I think you could even... You can even beat Spurs if you replicate the performance at White, uh, uh, sorry, at the Tottenham ground. Mm, I thought Everton were very good down at Tottenham. We should have won that mm, game. Very, if you can replicate good. that performance at Goodison, then obviously if you are playing that way, the crowd then gets more engaged, the crowd gets up for it. And mm. we saw last year when we played Tottenham, although it was a different Tottenham, how, how kind of the crowd got an hour on top of Tottenham we were. And unfortunately, after the core aces, red card was a bit of a, the, the game went away from us a bit. But, if we replicate that performance, don't see why we can't why we can't get something or even get the full three points on Saturday. Mm. Moving on from from the fixtures of, of, of February, I'm just going to talk about the January transfer window. It's been awfully quiet the January transfer window, but I just want to talk. Are you guys happy with not how careful or pragmatic Everton have been? But are you content that Everton haven't panicked in previous windows? We've seen Everton panic, make late deals, spend money that they really don't have, make late loan moves which haven't come. They haven't gone very well for us. We spent money that in reality wasn't there. Are you guys happy that Everton have just kind of stood still in this January market and almost held their nerve a little bit? Or would you have liked just to see and you know, go and make a couple of gambles and gamble signings? Do you think that's standing still because they want to, though? Mm, exactly. So it's not really a case of they're being pragmatic, yes, but yeah. they're not doing it out of choice, are they? One, they've got no money. And two, mm. if they make any deals, they're going to just be scrutinised even more. Mm-hmm. So it's just worth being... There's just no choice to it all, really, mm. is there? I would have mm. preferred if we got somebody in, but that's just, that's never going to happen, was it? So. Mm. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think they just need to be careful and smart. Like, I don't think there's any point. Because previous the, regimes haven't been. Jumping the gun. The next, I think it was mentioned on the podcast last week, like Deli Alley, that was a last minute sort of panic. Mm. That's what I mean. We can't afford to do that. It doesn't benefit, even if the money was right, it doesn't benefit the team. If it doesn't benefit this team, there's no point mm. bringing something in just for the sake of pleasing people or trying to improve the squad when in reality you really aren't mm. you were saying the same weren't you Paul you were quite glad that Everton have been pragmatic and not done anything you know silly yeah I'm disappointed that you haven't managed as it stands mm. to get anyone over the line I think we really really needed um, one or two in but it's got to policy of one out one in and if we can't get no one out then you can't really risk financially bringing someone in when you mean when you can't afford that and especially when we've already seen what happens in the past when when we have maybe risked what's what's ended up happening now with the ten point deduction and potential second deduction with the second breach. But it's one of them they, they have tried. I think it's mm-hmm. being reported everywhere. Obviously we know the Hannibal saga. I think the Athletic on Deadline they ran a bit of a Jack Jacob Moda from Brighton story, but it's been really hard. It's really hard to get uh January deals and we know Kevin Thurwell doesn't panic, doesn't doesn't rush into deals, so yeah, no. it's one of them. Unfortunately, no one in, but keep every, get everyone back fit and go again second half mm. the season. Well, to wrap up then, guys, it's prediction time. Everton face Tottenham on Saturday. It is the early kickoff prediction time. Pat, I'm going to come to you first. What is your prediction for Everton versus Tottenham? Nil, nil. Nil, nil again. Another clean sheet. Mm. Draper. Everton to Tottenham one. Goal scorers. Dwight McNeil and James Sarkowski and Richardson for Tottenham. Mm, 2-1 Everton. 
I'll go three two Everton. Oh, five goal thriller. Calvert Lewin backfiring with two. Mm. I'm gonna go one one. I think we won one. I think Everton will snatch a late point. Goal scorer. Dominic Calvert Lewin. He's due a goal. You know, he has, he's, he's on a huge drought in reality. It's more than a drought now. I think it's fair to say, and that's being fair. But it, it, I, he just needs one to go off his backside, doesn't he? Just, when a striker's on such a long barren spell, they just need to find a goal from somewhere. And you always think the next game it will happen for him, the next game it will happen for him. And at some point, you just hope it will. And I just hope it does. If we can have one goal scorer, I hope it's Calvert Lewin. We just need our number nine scoring. So there we go, guys. That's it from Review from the Bullings' weekly catch up. Go catch it on our Patreon channel. If not, check out our website, www. 